Hey, this is JD Buckridge, and you're listening to the Think Big Podcast. Hey, this is J.D. Buckridge with the Think Big Podcast, and I'm here with my friend Russell Harbaugh from Higher Vision Coaching, Training, and Consulting. We're at the Higher Vision office, and we're broadcasting this evening from that location, and we're excited to talk about effective management-driven culture. You are an expert in management, and you've led larger teams, and so what would you tell somebody that's having, here's a good example, someone that's just not participating in a meeting, or maybe someone that is just inappropriate in a meeting, or how about the gum smacker or the person that's playing on their phone? They're just not engaged what would you tell that manager to pull that person back in well i probably wouldn't do it in front of the group of course if i'm just if i'm taking over a team and i'm in this meeting this is the first time i'm seeing these kind of things i would as a manager i would set up one-on-one meetings with each uh, each of my directs either weekly or bi-weekly depending on your culture but i would have weekly one-on-ones where they come to your office once a week and uh, a good one-on-one you let them start they share whatever's on their their mind whatever they need what they need to work with but you reserve the last 10 minutes to share the things you want to share and you come prepared you have your legend and those things you observe you mention it and the good thing is to just talk about there if you're still trying to get a, get to know them as new as you, as a new boss or something um, just start asking them over time you know how did you get this position? What is your dreams in this go? Where do you want to go? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then when they identify the things they want to go, and after you probably wouldn't bring this up the very first week, but you build a relationship with them. Right. And then over time, those one on ones, at some point, you could switch it and you say, you know, I've heard you several times say that you have these goals and these goals for promotion and stuff and where you want to go in the company. And I've, you know, I've seen your work and I can see where you'll definitely be great in those areas. Um, and you might transition it over to if there was if if I saw something that might be a barrier to getting there, would you want to know mm-hmm. and get their permission? Yeah, I really would. And say, well, there's there's a couple things I've observed, and I think with just a little bit of knowledge about them, a little bit of work on them, I think it'll really even help you get where you're going even faster and maybe okay. even higher. Okay. And so you're partnering with them. You're not just criticizing them. Okay. You're not just bringing them down. You're not just getting their feedback, yeah. their insight. Yeah. yeah. And really, you just kind of make it. Do you see that? Are you aware of that? And nine times out of ten, most people, if they have any self awareness, will go. Yeah, I've heard that before. Uh huh. So, right. what do you say to that person if they say, "I've heard that before"? But as a leader, you know you've got to get this person to turn the corner and change. How do you get them to change? Uh, I would go back to that why again. I'd go back and say, you know, you've been saying that this is what you want to do, but then you also have said that you recognize that you self sabotage in this area, this area, and this area. You have awareness, but you haven't done anything to change. Can we talk about that? Yeah. What do you think? Why do you think that is? And yeah. And then kind of be quiet and let them. That's talk. one of my favorite things is put it back to them and say, and then I used to like to ask, how can I help you with that? You know, if we're coming back to mission and, and the vision of where you want to end up, how can I help you with that? Well, you know, I don't really know. That's usually what we get in coaching is I don't really know. That's why they hire us, right, typically most times to say, we well, are the expert. You know, when I when I sit down with our social media manager, Abby, I say, Abby, you're going to have to tell me how we need to roll this out. I need the strategy. I know how to create the content. I can talk about the content. I know what platforms to be on. But as far as how to create this specific image and this look, and it's not my thing. You know, when I talk about websites with Mike, I don't know how to build a website. I know what a good website needs to look like, but I'd say, well, Mike, let me ask you, what do you think about this and how do you see this rolling out? So let's talk about um, 
how to get someone that's not performing, how do you get them to see them onto their next opportunity, as my friends James Like would put it. What's the best way to get people to really see themselves out the door when they don't fit the culture? Well, I think you need to get specific because um, in this culture of HR and everything, you really can't just, uh, they're not kind of working out and move them out. You really gotta have some specifics. So um, I, I think you should, once you've had the conversation with them on, uh, and decide where they need to change, you need to really set some expectations and make sure it's written down and make sure they understand it. Like I said, not just because you said it, because they've said it back right. to you and they yes. understand, mm -hmm. right? And be clear, hey, I want you to succeed, but there's certain things that's gonna we're gonna expect from you by this date. And then at your weekly one-on-ones, make sure you you ask about those you're checking you're holding accountable and then if they're not keeping up to those there's usually most organizations have a disciplinary structure of one two three or whatever and they will end up making a choice that moves themselves out you're not getting rid of them you're holding them accountable to a standard and they're choosing whether they want to work there or yeah not. you know a lot of times i like to ask someone so how do you think things are going right now with your current role in the, within our organization well i, I don't know i can't I, I kind of think they could become better. I think, I don't know, I kind of think this over here. So let me ask you, if you could do anything else, what do you think you would be doing? You know, I, I don't know. I, I Can I be honest? That's usually what people yeah. say, right? And then they say, I, 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 don't, I, don't know that, I don't know that I would be here maybe. Well, where would you be? And so yeah, I think our, our roles as, if we're talking about effective management-driven culture, is we got to protect the entirety of the organization. Sometimes that means confrontational conversation. So when it's time to terminate somebody, Talk about that because you've got to do that a lot in your career. When it's time to terminate and tell them that this is just not working out, how do you do that but still help someone keep their spirits up with where they need to be in life? Um, hopefully because you've been building that relationship. Um, you're not just a, a headhunter or somebody coming in that corporate sent to just ask somebody. But you're the person that's been building this relationship with them. You've had these conversations. I usually say anything like that should not be a surprise. Oh, yeah. If Very it's good. a surprise, you have not been managing well. You yeah. Say that managed. again. Say it again. If it's a surprise, what? If anything comes up in their appraisal or their termination that's a surprise, you have not been leading well. Because you talked earlier about you need to be very acute and very in tune with the culture. So you should yeah. be talking to these people and, and just yeah. being aware, right? right? Okay. Yeah. And so mostly what I found is by the time it gets to the point I need to let somebody go, they already know it. They've already been making uh, decisions and putting in applications somewhere because they see the writing on the wall. They realize they're not meeting those standards. Um, and a lot of times, um, I because of the relationship and the way I've approached it, and we've walked through it, and it's really their decision to leave the company um, in this way by not meeting the expectation and not me just coming out of the blue and saying, yeah, this ain't working out. Nine times out of ten, they're not even all that upset. They're kind right. of there's a sense of relief. Yes. And I never burn bridges. Um, I always say what I always I'm a leader and, a, and responsible for that company first I suppose but I'm also a, uh, another fellow human being with this planet with this person I want the best for them mm -hmm. whether they're in my company or somebody else and if I can help them move on to something else that's better for them and their family I want to be helped so a lot of time I've kept up with people after they gone I've checked in with them how are you doing Do you, you want to go get some coffee what are you doing now how can I help you develop? There's other people that um, uh, kind of going back, when you have those one-on-ones with people, you might find out, like you were saying, that, you know what, I'm doing this now, but I'm really wanting to be a nurse someday. I'm wanting to do these things. And so I'll say, you know what, while you're here, I, you know, you're probably going to be here the next two to three years. 
I would like to work on the things that's going to be mutually beneficial to you being a contributor here and, and changing lives here, but also um, helping you be the best nurse you can be because a lot of the same skills and stuff and habits that you develop here that I can help you with will benefit us while you're here, but it'll also set you up ahead of the game when you're interviewing and stuff for that position down the road. And those are people who end up um, appreciating you and being friends with you long after you're in that position. Now, a lot of times what will happen because people don't leave organizations, they leave bosses and they stay with bosses, not organizations. A lot of these people that one that came into it saying, I'm only going to be here two or three years, end up being there 20 years because of the relationship you built with them. They've changed their mind and they want to stay there. They can't imagine working somewhere else. And that just really helps your culture, your retention, and uh, your effect on the community and future generations. And your, um, like I was in the home health thing, so we had clients that weren't good with change. So the better relationship I could have with my employees meant they were there longer, which means there was less um, transitional change upon clients. Mm-hmm. And it was just better for everybody. Better Closing for question. What if you have a difficult leader that's above you, but you're the leader leading the employees? You're responsible for the, the employees to produce results, but you have a difficult leader that's above you as the leader. Yeah. What do you do in that case? I think you got to lead up. Okay. Um, there's a, the 360 degree leader. Right. You know, yes. Maxwell. And so you're... What you got to realize, you're a self-leader first, and we, you talk about branding. You're branding yourself. So I may work for this company, but I'm I'm Russell Harbaugh Incorporated, mm-hmm. right? And so I've got a responsibility in my position, 360 degree for everybody. So there's people that I'm managing over, but I also need to lead up to the person managing me. They have some needs. They got KPIs. They got people above them asking. There's stresses on them. So a lot of times, if there's a, pro- a problem between them and my team, and I'm the middle person. There's something I'm probably missing or haven't taken the time to realize what is their need. So like a good salesperson, right, is find out what the need and be a professional problem solver. That's what Tom Hopkins used to say in leadership closing in his workshops years ago is, you know, you're not a salesman, you're a pr- pr- professional problem solver. Right. And if you can do that in, in leadership positions, okay, there's it's not them versus them. It's not the upper management versus my team. It's two different sets of problems. And I'm in a unique position where I, I hear I get the I hear what the problems are from up and I have access to the resources which is called my team to try to be an answer to that. And so I can get mad and say, oh they just don't understand and uh, kind of talk to my team and kind of make us kind of move away from that and get them to, to support me. Or I can reconnect them and say, you know what, they're, we're, we're all serving the same mission. There's a problem here. There's a need that they have, upper management has. Yes, when us, we're looking at the people and we're like, oh man, it's all about the people. You got to realize they're paying the salary. So up to there, it might be more about billing. It might be thing. And you can get upset and say, oh, they just care about paperwork. We care about people. Well, you know what? If they're not managing the paperwork, we're not here to take care of the people. Yeah. If we're not taking care of the people, there's no need to do paperwork. So we're all one team. And so if you can connect people and remind each other, hey, we're on the same team. That's how good. Can, how can I take the message I'm getting from Upper and communicate in the way that my team will understand it? Because I know my team. If there's misunderstandings, because the message is going through me without me managing the message. I get it. It's okay. my job as the leader to catch that message and package it in the way that I've learned to speak to my team so that they'll stay on mission even when they don't 
fully understand the big picture. Yeah. Right. And then okay. also lead up to where they trust me with my team that they may not understand our, our ways, but the results and the KPIs are supportive of their mission and they can back off a little bit and give you some, okay. some trust. Closing thought, three things that every effective manager must do to create a driven culture. Um, you've got to really care for your people. They're okay. not just numbers. So care is everything we said. You, you don't care in words only, but it shows up in your daily activities. You need to set clear expectations. A lot of the problems I've seen and even mistakes I've made in management is I wasn't clear. And then I had to hold somebody responsible to something that they never really knew they were being held responsible to because I was unclear or I was unclear because I was afraid to ask somebody else. And so I kind of interpreted. So you got to be clear. And then you just got to communicate. And like I said, to communicate isn't what you've spoken, but when they've heard and understand, and you got to take the leadership role of making sure you know when they've understood it and you need to own any discrepancy in that as the leader. It falls on you. You're the, you're the captain. Awesome. So we've been talking about effective management-driven culture. This is J.D. Buckridge with the Think Big Podcast with Higher Vision Coaching, Training, and Consulting. Hey, I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. For more great podcast material, make sure you subscribe and share this link. Hey, until next time, this is J.D. Buckridge, and you've been listening to the Think Big Podcast.